Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories edition. In all of the installments of Pitbull Stories, I have special guests who share their stories of what it was like to um, acquire a Pitbull type dog, to live with a Pitbull type dog, and kind of share their experience of how they worked through some of those stigmas and how they advocate for the breed now. I've been the proud owner of two blocky headed dogs and our current blocky headed dog, Waylon, is an American Staffordshire Terrier, and I know what it feels like to experience some of the stigmas that the world wants to throw at you, and my intention with this series is to reassure all of you amazing blocky-headed owners that our beloved pit bulls are amazing, and we can play a huge role in advocating for the breed. So please enjoy these episodes, and if you'd like to be a guest on Pitbull Stories, please send me a DM over on the Instagram at a feeling underscore NCO. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. So per usual, I have another special guest with me. Um, Everyone listening, you're going to have to forgive me. My dogs are eating Kongs in the background. So if you can hear Mm -hmm. that in the background, welcome to my life. Okay, so Kayla, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Kayla. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am the proud dog mommy of Toby from the Toby Project. Amazing. Oh my God. Okay. So um, I want to talk, I want to just backtrack. So was there a pit bull before Toby? Yeah. His name was Max. Um, Yeah, he was amazing. So he was my husband's dog. Um, He, my husband rescued him when he was a sophomore in college at Temple University. So he was this like cool college dog. Um, I tried to get my husband to date me for about a year. And finally, finally, he decided to date me. So I joined their dynamic duo. Um, So Max was the first pit bull I've really had any experience with. Oh my God. Okay. And how was Max? Like personality wise, like did you guys bond nicely? Oh God, no. So... (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, so I've, I'm a cat lady, like 100% love cats. I want like a thousand of them. I have three. It's still not enough. And when- pictures of cats behind you. Oh yeah. Don't worry. Oh, Max is right there too, though. He's in the middle. Oh. Yeah. And then that's Gus and Spanky. But uh, we still have to put Toby and our new cat up. But yeah, no. So when I first met Max, he was 90 pounds and I'm like pretty much around the same weight and size. So he was huge. Um, so when I first saw him, he would like gun at me, he would knock me down. And it was, it was a lot for me to take because I would literally get the shit kicked out of me like every time I would see Max. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so like, yeah. he, like he was like, was it intentional or he was just giant and it was, he didn't know his strength? Oh, it was so intentional. <laughs> no, but he he was um, you know, he was in my husband was in college and Max was in a dorm, you know, and like a tiny apartment. So he just had so much built up energy that he wasn't necessarily excelling. So he would just get so wound up. So he was a very hyperactive dog. Oh my god. Okay, so did you have like any reservations about Max being a pit bull? Like did you have any of that stuff like in the back of your mind? It wasn't necessarily him being a pit bull. It was just him being a large dog. I've always grown up with like tiny dogs. Um, and Max's size is kind of what made me a bit nervous. 
But after about, you know, three years of dating Nick, Max finally accepted me into his inner circle. I got a bit stronger. So I was able to take him for walks and like we really, really bonded on those walks. And he, I mean, Max was by far, he was so amazing. He was like the complete opposite of Toby, right? He was this big, confident dog and he just loved people so much. Like love people. Actually, Nick had a robber um, break into his house once at Temple and uh the robber just let max out you know max was pumped to see the guy and let him go off and max was running around campus <laughs> oh my so, god sweet max yeah, he he literally loved anything any 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 human um dogs we thought he was dog reactive but once we started taking him on hikes and exercising him he wasn't so meet your dog's needs <laughs> yeah for sure yeah for sure. yeah he was great though and um he he unfortunately passed in october of 2019 he was almost 13. He lived a really long, amazing life. He was, uh, yeah, he's, he was awesome. Um, and him and my husband's bond was incredible. And shortly after that, you know, we were just, we had such a big hole in our heart and we missed the pities, right? So we found ourselves three weeks later at a shelter looking for another pity. Oh my God. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like coming home to that empty house day after day. Oh. That's brutal. It, it was, it was rough. It was rough. It's still rough, but you know, Toby, Toby helped. Yes. Okay. So, um, okay. So you adopted Toby from a shelter. Tell us more about that. Like how old was he? So Toby was about one when we got him. He was supposedly born in November. He, um, he was found in a baseball field tied up and he was super shut down. His name was actually Frank in the shelter. Um, so Frank was like, you know, a typical learned helplessness. He was in the corner, cowarding, no eye contact, no nothing. So I was like, I want that one. So I, every time we went, me and my husband both went multiple times throughout the week. Uh, I think I went three times. I think he went five times. And I would just sit at Frank's um, cage and his kennel and just wait for him to, you know, get warmed up to me. And eventually he he looked at me and he licked me. So I just knew I really wanted Frank. My husband wanted a dog named Rocco. <laughs> Rock, Rocco was crazy. He was really hyper and playful and really just so rambunctious. He was basically Max. <laughs> um, but uh, we got a, so we had this debate all week. Like I wanted Frank, he wanted Rocco. And uh, a shelter volunteer, her name's Talia, who ended up being a huge part of our lives. She texted my husband and was like, FYI, Rocco got adopted, so yay. Um, and Toby's timestamped for Saturday. So no pressure, but just letting you know. So it made our choice really easy. We went and got Frank, aka Toby. Oh my God. Okay, so um, what, what did you find so attractive about Frank, who is now Toby? Oh, you know, I'm that typical person that didn't really know much about fearful dogs. I don't know anything about dogs. I never trained one. Max was trained by the time I got there. So I was just like, he's so scared. Like, I don't want him to spend another day in this kennel. Look at him. And I was like, I want to save him. Yeah. And my husband was like, Kayla, he's going to have issues. I'm like, no, he's not. He's, as soon as he gets out, he'll be a-okay. But yeah, no, he definitely, <laughs> definitely had some issues. And I think so many people listening to that can, can really relate to that, right? Because I feel like there's something that's so attractive about the underdog. And I feel like pit bull type dogs definitely are the underdog, especially in a shelter situation, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, 
we want innately, we want animals to be happy. We truly do, right? We want them to be happy. And I think that so many people have followed a very similar trajectory, right? Where they went Mm. to the shelter, they found this pit bull, they felt so bad that they were afraid. Yeah. No, they're not that they're not worth it, but it does come with a crash course of like, now you have to understand your dog in a really deep, vast capacity. Yes. You're not, I mean, yes. (laughs) So, okay. So I want to talk just a little bit more about Toby and some of his behaviors, because I know that you have really stepped up to the plate to get him the training and support that he really needs. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so when we, when we first took him, uh, out of the shelter, he, it really surprised me because I anticipated him to kind of be really like, you know, scared of us and take some time to warm up to us. But as soon as uh, we brought him in the car, he was like in love. He was like, thank you so much for taking me out of that scary place. So I sat in the back seat with him and he wouldn't stop kissing me. I was like, I was like, Nick, I told you, I told you, like, he's a great dog, <laughs> um, which he is, just needs to work. But, um, and we brought him home and at home he was really shut down. Like, you know, his tail was tough. Um, he was, you know, scared, but I still, I didn't know anything about dogs. So I was like, oh, this dog, he doesn't pull on the leash. He doesn't bark at dogs. He doesn't bark at people. Like this is an amazing dog, right? Cause he was so shut down and I had no idea what shut down even meant. Until uh, in that first week, I made every rookie mistake. I brought him to the pet store. I brought him to Lowe's. I brought him to a Philadelphia marathon. Like, oh my God, I hate myself. And then I had my. No, right? You didn't. I had had really good intentions, but. Look at my new dog, people. Um, And then uh, we had our in laws come over the house. And that's when I learned, like, okay, this dog has some some stranger danger oh my goodness and luckily you know my in-laws um they they loved max right they love pit bulls huge pit bull advocates um by the way i'm wearing my pit bull shirt (laughs) but uh yeah no um so that's when i learned okay like let's let's take a step back and i learned about the shutdown period i learned about decompression i shut him out from the world and i dove into dog books and Wow, it was there's a I had there's a lot I didn't know there still is, but it was definitely like one of those moments where I was like, oh shit, like I got some work to do. Were you, were you feeling overwhelmed when you realized like the capacity of of what you didn't know and needed to learn and teach him? Oh my god, yeah, I was dying. It was so hard. Um, he wanted to kill my cat. So that sucked. Uh, And he started to lunge at, you know, anybody on the sidewalk, anyone outside and would lunge and bark and dogs, he started to lunge and bark. And I just felt so, so overwhelmed. I actually, I went to the doctor and got um, on anti-anxiety meds because I was like, I, I go to work and I'm stressed. I come home and I'm stressed. I was really struggling. Um, so it was, it was a lot. It was a real lot. Well, and I, and hearing you talk so lovingly about your cats and then like <laughs> bringing this new soul in that, you <gasps> love, like, oh my that God, was hard. what a, conf- like how I can only imagine how much conflicting emotion you were feeling. 
Yeah, no, 100%. I was so conflicted because I knew if I didn't bring Toby home, he would have died the next day. And then I brought him into my house, which was putting my cats in danger, right? Because he wasn't cool with cats. And I was like, wow, like, I can't bring him back because then they'll euthanize him. And I can't have my cats die. And we just went through a loss, right? We lost Max just like a month ago. So it was talk about like a heavy load. I was just drowning. Well, and I feel like there's almost a morning for like the ease of your life before you had him. Right. Oh and then feeling Definitely. guilty because like you want to do your best for the dog. Yes. You yeah. just hit it on, you definitely nailed it on that one a hundred percent because Max, Max was so easy. I brought a cat home and he was like, what's up, kitty? <laughs> like it was so easy. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of people listening and myself can also relate, right? Like I have lived and owned dogs who were a lot of fucking work. Were they mm-hmm. worth it? Yes. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's just, it, it takes on a whole new meaning to be a dog owner when you own a dog who struggles with so many things. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, I want to just dive in a little bit more. Like, where did you go for training information? Like when you were like, what do I do with this dog? So I, um, well, one, okay. The first thing I did was talk to my mom. Cause who wouldn't, you know, uh, mom naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom actually just, uh, adopted a dog. His name's Ziggy Stardust. He's like the cutest little Yorkie poo. And he was, I know, so sweet. And he was struggling with a lot of the same issues, right? So she sought out a trainer and the trainer she sought out was a balanced trainer. And she told me about the prong collar and everything that the trainer was teaching her. I think she only did one session. She kicked him to the curb. But um, she told me about the prong collar and I was like, okay, let me get a prong collar. So I put it on my Amazon cart. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll buy that in a little bit. And then I started looking on Facebook. Um, I'm also a huge endometriosis advocate. So the thing that saved me the most with my endometriosis journey was finding this Nancy's Nook Facebook group. So I was looking for like the same type of thing, right? So I started looking on Facebook and I found this, uh, it's called, what was it? Aggressive, aggressive Dog Support Group. I think it's from the Eden Dog Academy. So some of the questions it makes me ask before I could join was like, you have to like, you know, say you're against aversive tools like prong collar. And I was like, wait, what the hell? So I said like, yeah, I'm against it. And I looked at the group and I started reading the files and on the files, it had scholarly articles on the detrimental effects that aversive tools, e-collars, prong collars could do. It had all this stuff on positive reinforcement, which I was like, I don't even know what that is. And (laughs) like no idea. And I was like, okay, so me being, you know, a physical therapist, I, you know, it's all about evidence with us. Um, I actually just like recently, eh, not too recent, but a few years ago, finished a residency that was called evidence in motion. So I was like, okay, evidence. Great. Like this is, this makes me feel better. So I dove into that. Um, the volunteer I mentioned at Act Philly, uh, who was the rescue group who I mentioned uh, earlier, she moved down the street from us, like a few weeks later. I know it all, it was all like, 
Thank you, universe. Thank you, universe. <laughs> um, so she helped me out a ton and gave me a lot of great resources. So like huge shout out to Talia. She's like Toby's one of his only human friends. He loves her so much. We call her Auntie Talia. Like she's, she was a godsend. Um, and she pointed me to Jenny, Dogminded's uh, yeah. Instagram account. And I started looking at her account. And Jenny had this awesome resource of books. And I love reading. Like, love reading. My mom <laughs> used to get mad because I would read too much. So I, I, I basically bought all her books and I read them. And the first book I read was Debbie Jacobs. It was, um, what was it, A Survival of Living with a Fearful Dog? Uh, something like that. And it just, it just connected and resonated with me so much. And it was, you know, I was sold. I was like, all right, this positive reinforcement thing, let's go for it. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. And I feel like, you know, I know that there are a lot of people listening that are also dog trainers. So everyone listening, you are beautiful. And all of the work that you do, people find it, right? Like, yeah. no, it, it, it I, matter. The resources that I found on Instagram was really so helpful because um, Talia, my friend, she also recommended a positive reinforcement trainer. So I would love to give a shout out to her. Her name's Naomi. She works for Praiseworthy Pets. I had one session with her and she was phenomenal. But the amount of anxiety it brought me because Toby Stranger reacted, right? So I brought this stranger into the house and I felt like the whole time he was just reacting. And I mean, she taught me treat, retreat. She taught me about how like when a person changes position or goes into a room, how it's a whole nother ball game for a dog. Like she taught me such valuable information and she still supports me to this day. I think I'm actually meeting with her tomorrow so we could do a dog meet. Um, but because of his stranger reactive, I just felt really anxious about having those one-on-one -on -one training sessions. So it just made it feel even more of a load on my shoulders because I was like, okay, I think I have to do this because he trusts me and pretty much only me and my husband. So it was just, it was a lot. And thanks to all the Instagram trainers and all the free resources you guys provide us. I mean, you've saved Toby's life like a hundred percent. So Thank you all so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Oh my God. You're like, you're like every trainer's like ideal client. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you, take, you. You take all of the information, you go above and beyond to understand it. And I think, you know, obviously dealing with a dog who isn't great with all people and okay. So, and did he have separation anxiety too? Oh yeah. <laughs> God, oh. Some separation anxiety on there. He ate our couch five times. Uh, my Kindle, so I had to get another Kindle because I love to read. I was really heartbroken. Uh, my uh, five remote controls, he ate a table. He basically, I mean, we have a door down there that he just continues to eat, but we just like let it go. It's like, that's his door now. <laughs> um, he's made huge strides with it, but you know, he'll have his good and bad days. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst though. Out of every trigger, like stranger reactivity, leash reactivity, separation anxiety by far, if I had to pick one to get rid of, that would be it because you just feel so helpless. Right. And you can't like commence with your regular life or routine. And just to see them in that panic and know like as soon as, so we got a, a video or camera so I could see it. And as soon as I saw it, so the one thing that I think has really helped me with Toby is I'm, I'm anxious. I have 
you know, general anxiety disorder. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I've always been super wired that way. So my nerves, you know, I, I could relate to, you know, your nerves feeling like they're firing really, really fast, right? And any little thing will set it off. And then when I'm watching him on this recorder, and I'm literally seeing my dog have a true panic attack. You can't be mad at that shit. Like he literally is freaking out and is terrified. So he's eating my stuff because he's trying to do anything to make him feel better. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh God, you know, just my heart shattered. God bless my coworkers. The amount of times they had to hear me like literally like watch the video at work and be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> Not the couch again. <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot, but luckily my husband sews. So the couch looks horrible, but it, it's fitable. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I, I want to kind of check in like where you all are now with your training journey. Oh my God. I never, ever, ever thought we would get here. Like you guys, like it really worked. Like this positive reinforcement stuff, like counter conditioning, desensitizing, like it works. He is so manageable, like 100% manageable. We still have work to do, but his stranger reactivity, like night and day. He will, he, some, he like won't lunge at people anymore. Uh, he could even go say hi to people. You know, we've taught him that. If there's a dog with the person, he's fine. We do pack walks now. We have one that we're going to tomorrow. Um, he's, you know, he's so much more confident now. You know, he's, he's a happy dog. Uh, his leash reactivity is getting better because I'm making scheduled play dates where he could play off leash. I'm making scheduled walk along. So he's meet, I'm meeting his needs with dogs because luckily he loves dogs. He's just frustrated when he sees them on leash. Right. And his separation anxiety, thanks to medication, right? Because unfortunately, because of his stranger reactivity and because we're, me and my husband are both in the healthcare world, we can't work from home. We can't do the, you know, the typical protocols right now until, until I expand his circle. So the medication really, really helped his separation anxiety. So I'm all for it. <laughs> Well, and it's a game changer, right? And oh my God. When people understand what the meds are capable as far as quality of life for you and your mm -hmm. dog, I feel like that really helps take away any of those stigmas or worries. Oh yeah. He's been on it for about four months now and his threshold has improved so much where I could actually, you know, make a difference. I could modify his behavior. It's, it's just it's night and day. I mean, working, I always compare it to my patients with chronic pain, right? Because I, I found so many parallels with a dog with reactivity and anxiety and then my patients because it's all about their threshold, right? And all these different factors that go into it and what will fill their cup, what will make their cup overflow. So just kind of making that connection too and realizing if I could improve his threshold right? I can make a bigger difference. So I was like, you know, all for it. Fluoxetine, please. <laughs> and let's it is, it's, it, let's do it. And it's, it's been, it's been huge. That's so amazing. Okay. So I'm just curious to hear how your community receives you and Toby. Oh my God. They're great. Yay for Philadelphia, right? I mean, Philadelphia, we have awesome shelters that promote positive reinforcement. Um, they, and in all the shelters, it's mainly pities, right? It's very hard to find any other dog 
So there's a ton of pit bulls in Philadelphia. And I mean, I, this is the first time me and my husband dealt with a dog with reactivity, but all I have to say is, you know, he's afraid of you. And they're like, okay, you know, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. I feel very lucky because I know a lot of people don't have that, um, you know, experience, even my next door neighbors, all my neighbors in my little town, they all know Toby and they are willing to be my helper, right? Help me work on like back setups. It, I'm telling you, it's great. The only downfall is it's a city. Right. So I live in a row home and <laughs> no front yard. So there's been a lot of management from that side, but no, Philadelphia is great. That is so amazing. Oh my mm -hmm. God. And like trusting your neighbors to like have your back if you need support or like, like them understanding like, cool. Can't, don't come any closer. I'm like, okay, yep. Problem. They're all so amazing. I love them all. <laughs> God, that's so good. Okay. So, um, there's a lot of pities in the city. Like you notice them regularly. Oh yeah. And the other great thing I notice is that most of them are on harnesses like, right. So, or halties, I don't see that many aversive tools being used in the city. And I mean, there's some, right. At least, but at least where I'm from, uh, no, not a lot. So it's really good to, good to see. Oh my God. That's so amazing. Okay. Yeah. So how did your family react to Toby? My, my family's rock stars, right? I have the best family. We're Italian. They're, they're, they're the bomb. <laughs> like my best friends. So, um, and especially since my mom just recently adopted that fearful, uh, dog Ziggy, you know, she was able to re relate a hundred percent. The only difference is that I have a pit bull and she has a little Yorkie poo, right? But they're all super understanding. They've all been patient. They let me bring Toby, you know, to their, to their yards. And we've been doing slow introductions. They live two hours away, so it's a little tougher. Um, and then my in-laws, they're, they're amazing. I just, I'm very lucky because my family, my friends, everyone's super supportive. So I just feel truly blessed. Oh my God. And like, that's amazing. Th those are the people you should support yourself with that you bring yeah. home a pit bull with behavior issues and no one bats an eye. Like those are the yeah. people you want in your circle. <laughs> I know. And my mom and sister, when I told them about Frank, you know, they're like, get Frank, get Frank. <laughs> so we're all kind of clueless, <laughs> but, um, you know, we're all rooting for, 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 uh, for Frank day one. That's amazing. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Okay. So, um, I love your Instagram. I feel like you, you use your platform so beautifully. Um, I just want to kind of get your perspective on like how you're trying to advocate for the breed and maybe not even the breed just for Toby. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that's a great question. And my Instagram is a huge platform. I use to advocate, um, not only for, you know, pities, but really for dogs with reactivity, right? So that could be any breed. Um, so I try my best to learn, oh, sorry, I don't know, learn everything that you guys provide me, right? So I'm, I've read a ton of books now and I keep reading and I look at all your videos and I try to present it in a way that relates to me and Toby in a learner, you know, easy way for, you know, the viewers to understand. So I do that, uh, which is great. I also started a book club called The Rough Readers, which I'm obsessed with. It's been so great because I've been able to meet other parents dealing with really similar journeys. We're able to read together, learn together, support one another. So that's been one of my like 
most favorite thing. Oh my God. Uh, and, you know, I just always wear wolf culture clothes now. <laughs> so it really brings on great conversations uh, to all my patients. And then I, you know, get in the whole Toby steel there too. So yeah, that's the biggest way I've been advocating. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you've been able to connect with so many other dog people who are dealing with so many things because that community, like so much magic the best. there. Yeah. I love the community. I feel like I've met like all my best friends. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I want yeah. to wrap it up, but I want to hear what is one or two or three <laughs> pitbull myths that you wish would die already? All of them. <laughs> Everyone that I shared of yours today, you know, the lockjaw, <laughs> um, you know, that they're inherently aggressive and that, you know, basically everything you shared, all those myths could just die. Yeah. Agreed. Like, let's just let them all die now. Fingers yeah. Hundred percent. Oh my God. Okay. So Kayla, if my listeners want to connect with you, can you tell them how they can find you? Yeah. Find me at the Toby project with underscores. <laughs> Awesome. And I was sure to link that up in the show notes so people can find you. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes and if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me you could leave a five-star review over on apple podcast to help more like-minded individuals find us